0: is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
1: The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC. A registered investment advisor.
2: Welcome to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue, we do this Saturday morning here on KGMI. I'm still remote this week. I think it's been six weeks in a row. Let's see, three weeks in the parking garage or whatever over Pullman, down in Denver at my daughter's. And Last weekend, I had to pre-record the game so I could go down to the marathon 18-inning Mariners game. And This week, I've been in Las Vegas for meetings since Wednesday. So next week, I will be back in studio, but I do appreciate you being with us. Anyway, let's start out with our weekly wrap. The stock market had a strong week. This saw the S&P 500 Dow and the NASDAQ register gains at 4.7%, 4.9%, and 5.2%, respectively. Price action in the Treasury market was highly influential over price action in the equity market. Things got off to a good start after Morgan Stanley strategist Mike Wilson, who has been right this year with Bear market call said the SP 500 could get to 4,150 in technical rally if the recession or earnings capitulation can be avoided. There's also a Bank of America fund manager survey that showed cash holdings at their highest level since April of 2001 at 6.3%, acting as a contrarian buying signal. The stock market rally ran into resistance midweek while market participants digested a slew of new Fed speak. First, Minneapolis Fed President Kerry who is a 2023 FOMC voter, said that he would argue for the Fed funds rate to be to go above 4.75 percent if he doesn't see any improvement in underlying core inflation. Then Philadelphia Fed President Harker, who is a 2023 voter, said he expects the Fed funds to rate to be well above 4 percent by the end of the year. These comments coincided with the 10-year note yield hitting its highest level since 2008 at 4.23 percent and the stock market shifting into retreat mode. On Friday, San Francisco Fed President Daly, though not a FOMC voter, said she thinks stepping down uh, on the pace of rate increases will help preserve market structure. St. Louis Fed President Bullard, who is a voter, said, He hopes to get a deflationary process going in 2023, adding that the job market remains strong, according to Bloomberg. These uh, comments coincided with the 10-year note yield, uh, pulling back to 4.21% and equity shifting back into rally mode. To be fair, the 10-year note yield still rose 20 basis points. That would be two-tenths of 1% this week. In addition the Wall Street Journal published an article by Nick Timmeros T- T- that indicated the Fed will raise rates another 75 basis points in its November meeting, but will then possibly consider a smaller increase in the December meeting. Mr. Timmeros is thought by some to be the Fed's preferred source for leaking insight on what they're thinking about monetary policy in order to gauge the market's reaction to their thinking. Notably, the two-year note, which is the more sensitive to changes in the Fed funds rate, did not exhibit the same outsized reaction as the 10-year note. The two-year note yield only rose one basis point this week to 4.51%. Earnings were generally better than expected this week, which was a nice tailwind for stocks. Bank of America and Goldman Sachs were standouts with financials, AT&T and Verizon were standouts with communication services, United Airlines and Lockheed Martin were standouts for industrials, IBM and LAM Research were standouts for the information technology sector. Meanwhile, Snap and Tesla went against the grain and disappointed with their quarterly results. For the S&P 500 sectors, energy was the top performer this week with a gain of 8.1%. Information technology came in second with a gain of 6.5%. On the flip side, utilities were up 2%. Consumer staples were up 2.2%. Showed the slimmest gains. In other news this week, Liz Truss resigned as the United Kingdom Prime Minister after roughly six weeks in office. So year-to-date up through yesterday, Uh, The Dow Jones Industrial Average is now down 14.5%. The NASDAQ is down 30.6%. The S&P 500 is still down 21.3%. And the Russell 2000 is down 22.4%. And looking at some of our high-frequency data that we follow on the economy, we saw that initial jobless gains as of October 14th were 214,000. That was a drop of 5.3%. And continuing claims as of October 7th, 1385000 That was actually an increase of 1.5%. Also looking at box office receipts for the weekend in the 20th of October, uh, 8.8% increase. Rail car traffic as of October 14th. Now is the time to
3: upgrade your mattress and save big during Dewarden Bodie's 76th anniversary sale. Score deep discounts on floor models and closeout mattress savings up to 50% off. Plus, pillows, sheets, boxes, and bases are all on sale. Dewarden Bodie stocks the largest inventory of mattresses from Tempur-Pedic, Sterns & Foster, and Sealy. Right now, get the mattress of your dreams with absolutely no money down and no interest for up to 72 months on select purchases. Take in-stock mattresses home with you today, or have their delivery professionals deliver it, set it up, and even haul away and recycle your old mattress for you. DeWard and Bodie will price match any local competitor on in-stock items, which means they guarantee the lowest price available. That's why Watcoms, Skagit, and Island County residents get their mattresses at DeWard and Bodie. For 76 years, they've had the best prices, best selection, and best service. Shop Dewarden and Bodie's 76 anniversary savings at the Bellingham Mattress Showroom on Meridian next to Marshalls. Financing OAC offer qualifications apply.
0: KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Biden said if Russia invades Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 is done. That is evidence
3: that he ordered a no, sabotage no, of
0: it? Each weekday at 4 p.m. I don't think Germany, who has that big of investment, would do it. Could it be Ukraine? Sure, it could. have been Spectre. How many James Bond movies <laughs> On KGMI News Talk 790, 965 FM, and KGMI.com.
3: The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. And
0: I'm proud to be an
2: Okay, welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. If Donna, you don't know, we lost our connection there. i will going to go backwards in a minute, but we are asset advisors. We're located out in Ferndale on the Pacific Highway, north of Slater Road in the Pacific Commerce Center. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number three six zero seven three three twelve hundred. And check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. I'm not quite where I was sure where it was when I dropped off. So I'm going to go back and continue with this high-frequency data again. Uh, as I mentioned, initial jobless claims as of October 14th, 214000 That was an increase or a decrease of 5.3%. Continuing jobless claims, 1385000 That was a, uh, an increase of 1.5%. Then uh, box office receipts as of the uh, 20th of October. Uh, We're up about 8.8 percent. Rail car traffic uh, up about 1.2 percent. Steel production uh, as of the 17th of uh, October up about a half percent. Hotel occupancy up 3.1 percent. Restaurants saw another drop as of the 19th, down about 2.1 percent. TSA checkpoint data. As of the twentieth, uh, two million two hundred sixty-six thousand two hundred sixteen passengers a day on the average. That was up a tenth of one percent. Uh, supply of motor gasoline as uh, of the fourteenth of October was up four point nine percent. And global commercial flights as of the twentieth of October, one million or one hundred five thousand six hundred seventy flights a day. That was a decrease of about one point four percent. Let's see here. going to talk a little bit about price of crude oil and the fact that it's off, well off of its peak. Because the price of West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil stood at $85.61 a barrel. as closed the close of trading on the 14th, and that was about the same here on Friday. Uh, that's uh, It's up 109.5% from its closing price of $40.88 back on October 16th of, uh, of 20. And the average price, the daily price of crude oil during that period – Uh, was about $77.12 a barrel. That's the highest closing price for uh, for the period, the total period. Now, this, again, was the period of time um, uh, was $123.70, and that was back on March 8th of this year. And for comparative purposes, the S&P 500 index posted a total return, about 195% over this uh, time period. The S&P 500 index is up about 5.95%. So the energy index is doing very well in that period of time. The top performing energy sector, and there are five, was the S&P 500 oil and gas exploration production index, which was up a total of 260, almost 269%. Uh, the number of active oil breaks has risen from uh, 205 back in October 16th of 2020 to 610 drakes as of October 14th of this year. And uh, there's one thing in the price of a commodity, like crude oil, the spike from time to time. We've had instances where prices have remained at elevated levels for years. In other words, we've been here before. The high price of crude oil did not stymie the stock market. For example, from 2009 to 2014, the average price, of West Texas Intermediate Crude was about $87 a barrel, just above its $85.61 barrel price on October 14th. Over that same period, the S&P 500 index posted a cumulative return of about 159.27%. Again, that's from 2009 to 2014. That was a 17.2% average annualized gain compared to 73% or 9.56% annualized gain for the S&P Energy Index. Let's see. In the past few months, the rise in relative value of the dollar over the past two years did not create much of a headwind for the price of oil. On October seventeenth of twenty to October 14th of this year, the dollar rose about 21%. against the basket of foreign currencies as measured by the U.S. Dollar Index. And uh, the price of oil has declined fairly steadily since the end of May of this year. The U.S. dollar index, however, rose by about eleven point two three six percent. That means the price of oil, the dollar is going up, and the top the strength and top of the strengthening dollar. The Biden administration began selling about a million barrels a day, about one hundred eighty million dollars target drawdown from the strategic reserve, hoping to bring down oil and gas prices, which rose after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And the Biden administration stated on October 19th that it plans to return, repurchase oil to few, refill the Strategic Reserve at a price around $70 a barrel. So we'll see if that does happen. That was one of those things that you really don't know that you got to count on. Okay, yesterday, Friday, the IRS came out with what their new contribution limits are going to be for next year because of inflation to our 401Ks, our IRAs, and our simples. And the IRS is boosting how much Americans can plow into their 401K plans next year by a record amount amid a surge in inflation. The contribution limits for deferred retirement saving plans Will raise by $2,000 to a maximum of $22,500 next year, reflecting a change in the headline consumer price. And that the IRS again said on Friday. So that's your 401ks, your 403bs, your 457 plans. It's the biggest increase since cutoff began or being indexed for inflation in 2007. And at that time, the maximum that you could put in away was $15,500. So next year, it's going to be $22,500. Now, this also means that if you're over 50, that you could save now, as of next year, a total of $30,000 in your 401k between the new limit and also the $7,500 for catch-up contributions. And those who sock away the maximum are in the minority. Only about 14% of 401k savers reached their limit in 2021. It's basically people that are making $100,000 and especially those above $150,000 or more who do save the maximum amount. We had a Vanguard report that found the percentage of salary contributed to defined contribution plans such as 401ks in 2021 rose for 42% of plan participants. That means in 2021, 42% actually did increase the amount they, they were putting away. Now, whether the savers elected to increase the amount themselves or they had to boost it automatically on their own, there are a lot of plans due to that. Now, it's not clear whether the trend will hold in 22 as higher prices for goods and services have, have helped have jeweled American finances. So we'll see what the increased rates are this next year. On top of the cap, the amount contributed to IRA accounts, known as uh, as individual retirement accounts, will be $6,500 next year. That's up from $6,000 in this year. So a regular IRA next year, you can put away $6,500 this year you can put away 6000 Now, if you work for an employer that has a simple plan, uh, the contribution amount next year is going to go up to $14,500. And also there's a catch-up provision in there, which um, if you're over age 50, you can put away an additional $6,500 for a total of $21,000. And contributions to so-called qualified plans, such as Keep dropping my phone calls here for some reason. I get I guess maybe my signal isn't all that strong, as big as it could be. Anyway, contributions so called qualified plans such as 401ks are tied to the headline CPI index known as CPIU. That measure of inflation showed prices increased 8.2 percent in September relative to the year earlier, close to the highest in four decades. So that is why we have seen that change in. The amount of money that you can put away inside of your retirement plan. Okay, I'm going to jump over here and cover a little bit different topic here. Um, We saw notices from the state of Washington come out here in the last few days, and uh, employees that work for employers are have what they have uh, two plans that they have to put money in. One is the medical, the family and medical leave. The other is the long-term care payroll taxes. And we're going to see an impact this next year. The uh, uh, paid family leave and premium will increase from six-tenths of 1% to eight-tenths of 1% of of everybody's salary. And including uh, the surcharge, it's paid on wages up to the Social Security cap. And this is going to be increasing 9% next year to 160000 So So if you work for an employer in the state of Washington, you pay into the paid family medical leave, you're going to see those costs go up. Um, the state long-term care program is scheduled to start July 1st of next year. The rate will be 0.58%, but it's not subject to that Social Security cap. So that basically will be 0.58% of everything that you earn. And these changes mean that the amount for the, for the uh, uh, paid family leave and long-term care paid by employees in Washington will increase significantly, even though the long-term care tax will only be in, a half, in effect for a half a year. So I had a table here that I thought was kind of interesting to help explain some of these changes that are taking place. If, for example, somebody currently you know, this year, if they have, have minimum wage, they would be paying in about $143.83 into that, which would be about 0.44%. So may that earned $82,000 would be paying in about three hundred sixty-two forty-eight. dollars uh, The person earning, say, $200,000 would be paying $645.80, and that's because they're over the Social Security cap, and that's 0.32%. Now, next year, that person earning minimum wage, $32,739, they are going to see themselves paying an additional $94.94. It's going to go up to $285.52. That means that they're going to be paying about 0.87% of their earnings. That same person that was earning $82,000 is going to see that increase of another $239 to $719. Uh, Person earning, say, $200,000 again is going to see an increase of of, uh, $1,050. $1,512.54, One thousand five hundred twelve dollars fifty four cents. That's about point seven six percent. So, basically, the increases that we're seeing that are going to take place are fairly significant because between twenty two and twenty three, we're going to see increases that are going to go up. Um, uh, for example, the person earning minimum wage about one hundred and forty one dollars. That person earning two hundred thousand is going to pay about eight hundred and sixty six dollars. So. Some fairly significant changes there in the amount of payroll taxes that are going to be coming out of your paycheck this year. Dick Donahue with you at Wolf Wake Up here on Live and KGMI. We'll be back after a break. Thanks for listening.
4: Hi, I'm Dan Johnson, running for state representative. With increased crime, the cost of living, and students falling behind, our state is heading in the wrong direction. This November, you decide where we go from here. As your next state representative, I will fix these issues. Instead of defunding police and releasing dangerous criminals from prison, I will support law enforcement and give them back the tools they need to keep dangerous criminals off the street. Rather than add more taxes that increase the cost of living, I'll vote to cut property taxes, sales tax, and the gas tax. If you hear this and think, I could sure use a break right now, I'm right there with you because you won't get this from my opponent. My opponent works directly for Governor Jay Inslee. We can't afford another two years of more anti-police laws, higher gas taxes, and more fees that add to the cost of living. If you want something different out of Olympia, you need someone who will vote differently in Olympia. I'm Dan Johnson, and I would be honored to be your next state representative. Paid for by Vote Dan Johnson. Hello, folks. Are you ready to get your estate planning affairs in order, but you don't know where to start? Would you like to hear about the difference between wills and trusts? Do you want to learn how to avoid probate? Do you have questions about Social Security and Medicare? Is it important to you to make life as easy as possible on your spouse and loved ones if something should happen to you? This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham. Join me right here on KGMI every Saturday at 1 p.m. for the Aging Hour, and let me show you how to set your family up for success in your retirement.
1: State Representative Alicia Rule doesn't believe that one party or the other has all the answers. She knows that we need to work together to move our community forward.
4: Alicia's worked hard to create opportunity for people who didn't go to college by expanding career and technical education high schools. She's also working to restart Intelco, When it reopens, that means 700 union jobs back in Ferndale.
3: Alicia Rule
1: is the only pro-choice candidate in the race. She's endorsed by Planned Parenthood and Pro-Choice Washington.
4: Alicia Rule has earned the support of law enforcement. She's earned the trust of the Fraternal Order of Police and the Bellingham-Wacom County Firefighters, Retired Bellingham
0: Police Chief Flo Simon said,
3: Alicia Rule said no to defund the police,
1: increased pay for the first responders, and fought to criminalize non medical use of fentanyl. She's been a fantastic state representative.
0: I'm State Representative Alicia Rule. I hope that I can earn your vote. Paid for by Vote Alicia Rule, Democrat. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. A properly operating furnace will guarantee that you stay comfortable as the seasons change. Contact West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric for a system inspection today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
1: CBS News Brief. The committee investigating the Capitol attack has subpoenaed former President Trump. Panel member Pete Aguilar on the specifics.
4: We're going to be prepared if if the former president decides to come and if he puts restrictions on it for live
0: testimony, we're going to be prepared for that eventuality.
1: Our Schuyler Henry was on Capitol Hill when Steve Bannon was sentenced for not complying with his subpoena. Bannon,
0: who previously called members of the committee gutless, becomes the first person with close ties to former President Trump to be sentenced to prison time and the fallout from the Capitol attack.
1: President Biden's student loan forgiveness program is on hold for now. CBS's Deborah Alfaro. Forgiving student loan debt will cost the nation roughly $400 billion over the life of the program. Republicans are using that price tag to bash Biden and Democrats on the campaign trail. And while that program is temporarily halted, it still is accepting applications. CBS News Brief, I'm Stacey Lynn. Because
0: there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless
2: the U.S. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue with you this Saturday morning. Sorry for those couple interruptions we've had there. We've got it figured out now, I think. If I drop again, I know to call right back, and Adam will get back back on the air. So stick with us. We'll be okay. We'll be here. Let's talk about some tax changes and what they may mean to your take-home and your paychecks now because of the cost of living increase. And the Internal Revenue Services raised tax brackets and the standard deduction by about 7% for next year as the soaring costs of food, energy, and housing continues to better, to better Americans. It's the largest increase in the standard deduction since the tax system was first indexed for inflation back in 1985. And it's going to reduce the amount of income subject to taxes for most people. The IRS adjusts the tax code annually to shield Americans from paying higher taxes as rising prices erode the value of the dollar. While change has been fairly incremental in the last few years, decades-high inflation has prompted the unusually big tweak This next year. The tax adjustments for 23 are keeping up with the increase in everything that we consume on a daily basis, and they're an accurate reflection of basically what's happening in the economy. As a result, employees can expect to see less tax withheld from their paychecks as soon as January. These automatic adjustments to standard deductions and tax brackets will help a majority of workers whose wages have not kept up with ballooning inflation, allowing them to shield more of their earnings from income taxes. The standard deduction will rise to $13,850 for single filers, that's an increase of $900. And $27,700 for married couples filing jointly, that's an $1,800 boost. So your standard deduction is going to go up. That means even fewer people are going to be itemizing, which we've seen somewhere around 90% of the people now just use the standard deduction. But also all tax brackets will kick into higher threshold. For example, the 24% tax rate, Will apply to income over $95,375 for single taxpayers, $190,750 for couples. Now, last year, or this year, I should say, that rate was $89,075. So that's an increase of uh, uh, a little over $6,000 for the single person. And married couples, uh, $178,150, that's an increase of over $12,000 over this year that uh, that bracket will go up that means that you'll this means a couple with a $200,000 taxable income is going to pay about $1300 less next year due to the inflation adjustment and the changes means some taxpayers may be bumped at, down to a lower tax rate those who have received pay raises may be protected from bracket creep or paying more because they landed in a higher bracket however some tax items are not adjusted for inflation. For example, capital gains taxes and the Medicare tax, which you pay uh, applies to individuals making over $200,000 and married couples over $250,000. So let's talk about what we need to look at for next year. For filers who hope to pass on their wealth, they're also going to be able to add more tax-free dollars. For an individual who dies next year, nearly $13 million, and their assets won't be taxed. That's an increase from a little over $12 million this year. And for gift givers, now this is important to keep in mind. A lot of people think the maximum yearly amount is $15,000. Well, it was actually $16,000 this year, and it's going to go up to $17,000 next year. That also applies to the amount that you can put into college savings or 529 plans. And so that dollar amount will also go up. And one of the largest one year jumps that we've seen in decades, individuals can pass an additional $860,000 to their family or trust without incurring transfer taxes. And the clock is ticking on the current estate tax exemption, which is accepted to expire in 2025. So if you're doing some long term estate planning, you may want to take advantage of those higher limits because. It's a use-it or lose-it situation starting in 2025, unless Congress sees fit to go ahead and extend those for a longer period of time. With open enrollment season on the horizon, it's also good for you to capitalize on benefits for health care to transportation. The IRS has increased the amount that employees can contribute to their tax-free to their health care flexible savings accounts, to $3,050 from $2,850, and workers commuting back to the office can now spend $300 a month on qualified transportation and parking pre-tax. Look at some of these tax rates here. The uh, 10% tax bracket this year applied, if you had less than $10,275, well, that next year will be 11000 The 12% bracket... Uh, uh, also, is eleven thousand or more? The twenty-two percent bracket, uh, for example, in twenty in in uh, twenty in twenty-two was forty-one seventy-five. That's for uh, that's how much the marginal rates are going to increase next year. So, anyway, we're going to see a substantial amount of money increase as far as what you can put away and uh, what what your tax burden is on it. While we're talking about colas, we're also finding that uh, these COLAs have an interesting impact on Social Security. And what we're finding is the people, especially that have delayed taking their Social Security, are going to find this especially pro- uh, very, very profitable. Um, there's it's no secret that delaying the start of Social Security benefits typically means you're going to get more money in retirement. Waiting just got even more worthwhile thanks to the program's cost of living adjustment for next year. Let's talk about why. If you don't collect benefits, the COLA adjustment of 8.7% for 2023 still gets factored into the amount that you're eligible to receive starting at age 62. It gets compounded. So each year you'll hold off collecting your full retirement somewhere between 66 and 67, depending on when you were born or beyond. You make eventual payout even juicier. The benefit increase stops when you reach age 70. Now, that's uh, that's not totally true, and I'll explain some more to that. COLAs magnify. The cost of living increase still does continue past 70, but there's that 8% increase between the full retirement age and age 70 that, that actually stops. Uh, COLAs magnify the disparity between early and late climate. Uh We can assume that all social security recipients celebrate when a generous COLA is announced, but some recipients celebrate more than others. Figuring out how to maximize your Social Security is vital, considering it's a benefit that lasts for the duration of your life. And it is just for inflation. The same can't be said for most, of any, other sources of income. About half of Americans 65 or older rely on Social Security for at least half of their income, and for about a quarter of those aged 65 or older, it's about 90% of their total income. To understand how much a retiree stands to gain from waiting, It's helpful to lay out how benefits are calculated. The Social Security Administration takes into account a worker's highest 35 years and adjusts those allowance for inflation. That provides a starting point for which the average monthly payout may be. Next, they have a formula supplied to calculate what the benefit would be if collected at full retirement age. If someone starts collecting as soon as they're eligible at 62, they're going to see a reduction of about 30% in the amount that they're going to get. And that's because they are not full retirement age. So somebody, for example, right now, born 1960 or later, their full retirement age is 67. They start at 62. They're going to see a 30% decrease in the amount that they get. There's also COLA adjustments. They get, as I would say, lost you again there, but there are COLA amounts that are added each year and, uh uh and every month beyond the full retirement age up to age seventy, he waits to collect, you get an additional credit, which is the primary amount. So let's take a sixty-four year old retiree. They're eligible for a primary amount of three thousand a month at full retirement. If uh, they didn't collect last year, the COLA was five point nine percent. The benefits would have been adjusted to three thousand one seventy-seven. So a year ago, if they were eligible for three thousand. This year, it would have been three thousand one seventy-seven. That amount is going to get bumped up next year to almost $3,453. That's the latest COLA increase. And the COLAs keep getting added as more years that they wait. Any delayed credits for not collecting benefits from full benefit until age 70 are then applied on top of that amount. So let's say this person waited to age 70. Their full benefit right now with cost of living increases plus that 8% would be almost $4,374 a month. That is a... Huge amount difference between that age sixty four amount of three thousand and that at forty three hundred and seventy four. The other benefit of delaying Social Security, especially the bigger cola, is tax savings because you do pay income taxes on your Social Security. And those that have other sources of income, like a four hundred one k or an IRA, they're going to pay eighty up to eighty five percent of their money uh, of their Social Security is going to be taxing. But holding off on collecting benefits will only uh, give you a bigger lifetime payout. Let's take an example. A retiree who delays claiming until 70 can cut the taxable amount portion of their Social Security from 85% down to 19.5%. And they see a tax bill as one-fifth of what it would be if they began collecting at age 66. There are some people, though, who delaying benefits won't make sense despite a healthier payout. Those, of course, that would have terminal illnesses, shorter life expectancies. You also need to consider the break-even point. If you wait till age 70, you have to be 82 and a half, basically, to get back your money. Those who died before then would have been better off taking benefits for full retirement. So it's a little awkward, a little difficult calculation to make. you got to sit down and take a look at it, something that we do a lot of. There's also others that may argue that Social Security is on shaky ground, worried about money running out in 2035. We think something's going to happen if any of the passes, any guide changes to short financials likely focus on changing the rules for younger people who have years left to work rather than soon to be retirees on the cusp of receiving benefits. So while we do think that the Congress is going to make some changes, we just don't know when, but we hope they get off their butt and get it done. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks for listening.
3: Alo Strander here,
4: retired law enforcement and small farmer. We all know life is getting expensive. Health care costs are out of control, and that's why Sharon Shoemake capped the price of drugs, like insulin, in our state. Sharon Shoemake isn't afraid to stand up to big corporations like tobacco and drug companies. Now they're spending record amounts on attack ads on TV and in your mailbox. Don't believe their lies. I trust Sharon Shoemake. She works for you and me, not the big corporations. Paid for by People for Sharon Democrats. Ready to put some
3: skin in the game? The only sportsbook north of Snohomish County is now open at Silver Reef Casino Resort. Get in the game with baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and your other favorite sports. Visit Portage Bay Sportsbook and Bar and place your bets today. Sportsbook open daily at 9 a.m. Betting kiosks open 24-7. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5 exit 260. We've got that. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and wine spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that.
0: Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, you know, stayed home, did the same old things. Does this conversation sound familiar? KGMI's Lifestyle Lookout covers events happening each weekend that you may or may not be aware of. Don't get caught in the same old conversation on Monday morning.
4: KGMI's Lifestyle Lookout is brought to you by Labels Consignment. Find quality and current women's clothing, shoes, home decor, and more at Labels on Northwest Avenue and Jane Street. Lifestyle
0: Lookout airs every Friday on the KGMI Morning News.
4: If tomorrow
0: all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife.
2: Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donner here with you. If you got calls for us, he always gives the call, 360-733-1200. Love to work with you, talking about all these Social Security planning ideas, some of the other topics that we covered today. That's a lot of what we do in creating our financial planning practice with our clients, so love to do it. Uh, this week, I uh, mentioned I've been out of town again. Uh, I've been, actually, I have been a member of the Ed Slott Elite IRA Advisor Group. You can find a really interesting website at irahelp.com. A lot of good information on there about IRAs. Uh, We started back in 2005 with this group, and we meet twice a year for two and a half days. So um, I'm down in Las Vegas here for the last two and a half days, catching up on IRA stuff. I'll try to spend some time in the next couple of shows talking about some of the material that we've covered, some of the IRA uh, things that we're reading, uh, some really good information down here. But one piece that we covered here very much is that the – uh, 50% RMD penalty for missed 21 and 22 RMDs and that uh, 10-year rule that we have as far as taking money out for beneficiaries. And basically, we had an IRS notice given out 2253, and the it was issued on October 7th, so just a couple of weeks ago. And basically, it weighed the 50% penalty on missed RMDs in 21 and 22 on inherited IRA accounts that required minimum withdrawals within that 10 year rule. And the notice states that the IRS will not impose that penalty if you miss the 21 and 22 RMDs within the 10 years if the account owner died in 2020 or after. And so a lot of confusion. And the reason for that was they came out with a ruling uh, earlier this year that kind of retroactively all of a sudden said uh, most of us in the business were of the assumption that uh, you didn't have to take money out of the IRA. Uh, uh, Most advisors, a lot of planners basically were thought that you could wait up to 10 years. And all of a sudden IRS came out earlier this year and said, no, 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 no. You got to take that money out. Well, now they've come out with a little clarification and said, well, if you didn't take it out 21 or 22, they're not going to penalize you, but uh, they issued those regulations back in February, and they got a lot of comments about imposing the annual R&D requirements for 21, which would be unfair because it had, they came out in February with the new rules. And like I said, a lot of us thought we had this 10-year window where you didn't have to take money. So the 2253 app is app the successor beneficiaries. What's also that's true. The penalty waiver applies to certain successor beneficiaries, i.e., beneficiaries of eligible designated beneficiaries who died in 20 or 21 while taking annual RMD. So those people, of course, you're required to also take them. Uh, If they didn't take them, that that waiver also applies to them. And if you already paid the penalty, well, if they paid the penalty and missed for the 21 RMD within that 10-year rule, the beneficiary can request a refund from IRS. Uh, do you still need to take the RMD from your inherited IRA if or was waived? Well, although the notice is not clear, and that's kind of one of the interesting things. Uh, it appears that since the penalty is waived for 20 and 21 RMDs within the 10-year rule that you don't have to take them. But we still don't know that could exactly for sure, that answer, whether or not you're supposed to take them, even though the penalty was waived. And if you took your RMD within the 10-year rule, can you put it back? No, you can't. Uh, if you've taken it out, you can't return it, and you can't roll it over. And uh, which accounts are not affected? Well, IRAs and co- IRAs and company plans that are paying lifetime RMDs, so if you're on lifetime RMDs, they're not impacted. Uh, IRA and company plan accounts inherited by eligible de- uh, designated beneficiaries who are stretching their payments, so those are not affected. If you had an IRA and a company plan was inherited prior to the SECURE Act, so that means prior to 2000. 2000- 20, then those are also grandfathered, um, inherited Roth IRAs are deemed to die before the required, so there's no inherit, there's no uh, uh, RMD on years one through nine. Let's talk about that for a second. If you inherit a Roth IRA, you do not have to take those annual RMDs over those 10 years, but you still have to take the money out at the end of the 10-year period, but that money does grow tax-free during that time and will the IRS scrap the annual RMD requirement within the 10-year rule entirely? We don't know. There's a lot of confusion. A lot of the experts in the field, including Ed Slot, have been appealing to the IRS to uh, uh, to make that adjustment and not require that those RMDs be taken out on an annual basis uh, because that was a new ruling. We'll see what happens to the IRS uh, moves sometimes very soul, especially when it comes to the fact that they can collect their tax dollars. Also, this is a Medicare enrollment cycle started uh, last Saturday, the 15th. It runs through December 7th. Um, a lot of military, retired military, are covered by TRICARE uh, for life. And how does that work with Medicare? Well, TRICARE for Life is a federal health insurance program for Medicare-eligible military retirees and their spouses. TRICARE for Life is a comprehensive supplement to Medicare, provides prescription drug coverage. The uh, TRICARE uh, TFL health insurance coverage is available to military spouses and their retirees when they reach 65. Medicare Parts A and B enrollment are required in order to get the uh, a TRICARE, and TRICARE does not require enrollment in Medicare Part D prescription drug because it does provide drug coverage uh, uh, directly. However, you can't have a Medigap plan and, and, try and TRICARE at the same time. If you decide to leave TRICARE and enroll in a Medigap plan, you also need Medicare Part D standalone prescription drugs. And the cost of Medigap and Medicare D plans, as well as the associated payments are going to inevitably be higher than what you're paying for TRICARE. So in most cases, TRICARE is a better deal. The better financial results are also associated with keeping the TRICARE as a supplement to Medicare. In the face of escalating prescription drugs, a TRICARE beneficiary who is a military retiree might get prescription medication cost by uh, relief by participating in VA health care. Many prescription medications are more economical through the VA. Uh, Participation in VA health services is in addition to but not a suitable uh, 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 substitute for uh, TRICARE. The caveat is that you must see VA health care providers periodically, use the VA pharmacy benefit fulfillment system. However, the spouse of a retired military uh, TRICARE beneficiary is not eligible for that VA health care as a bonus. TRICARE includes coverage for international health care services, while Medicare does not. And TRICARE's global health care benefits are more comprehensive than any Medigap policy. So keep your TRICARE in most cases. Very if you want to make a change on that one. And we saw a couple of reports come out this week I thought were rather interesting. One of them says that there's a big increase in the 2022 Snake River Chinook returns. And, of course, the Snake River salmon runs are basically complete for the year. The Chinook salmon runs increased again for the third year in a row, reaching some of the highest levels in the past two decades. The results directly contradict environmental activists who predicted returns of spring and summer and wild Chinook would decline every year and be functionally extinct by 2025. And one early predictor of next year's run indicates returns will be similar or even slightly better. Overall, the Chinook runs at the lower Granite Dam, which is furthest upstream of the four Snake River dams, were dramatically up over the last year. They finished 85% higher than in 2021 and the fourth highest total since back in 2001. And the response of some of the dam activists that want totals have increased. They're still well below historic levels of the 1800s. This is a silly metric. Name a single river anywhere in the west where returns are the same as they were 150 years ago, with or without dams. It is a ridiculous goal. If applied to Seattle, it would require the destruction of the entire city to recover the Duwamish and Samish River runs. Returns on both spring and summer Chinook which is run by the most run which is the run of most concern and the fall Chinook were up significantly. The spring summer Chinook run was more more than double the twenty one levels was thirty six percent above the ten year average. And this is significant because when the run had increased significantly over two thousand twenty, some activists responded that the levels were still below the ten year level. That is not true this year. And the Washington Environmental Council, American Rivers, and others predicted the runs would decline in both years, 21 and 22, and they were basically wrong both times. Uh, The runs are cyclical. The ocean conditions and other factors playing a big role in returns. We're still at the top of the cycle. It's less likely to turn down again in the next few years. The goal is to have average returns increase gradually on a 10-year average. And the returns of fall Chinook were also strong. The state considers a fall Chinook run near recovery already. This return was 43% higher than last year, the third year that they've increased in the largest total and the highest since 2001. Dick Downing here with you with Wealth Wave Live here on KGMI. I want to thank you for being with us today. Sorry for our interruptions that we had a couple of times. If got questions for us, give us a call, 360-733-1200. And don't forget our Sunday show tomorrow morning. We'll be talking about economic news that's come out this last week. Thanks, and have a great week. Take care out there.
1: In Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue, are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC. A registered investment advisor.